Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast, live via Zoom. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. Today, we are reviewing Season 3 of Agretzko, Netflix-exclusive Sanrio property about a very cute little red panda who gets real pissed. (laughs) A 20-something career woman red panda. And being career women's (laughs) ourselves, we can relate. (laughs) I don't think I've ever related to something as hardcore as I related to the first season of Agretzko, so, which you guys should check it out. We definitely have, I think we reviewed season two as well, so check out our archive. The first season, we did a review with our friend Devin, who is a career woman in Tokyo, and she gives you the real tea on what it's like. Yeah, at a Japanese-owned company and more of an international-based company, so the differences between the two. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty lit. But this episode is all about us and our feelings. (laughs) Our (laughs) feethies. There will be spoilers. So if you don't want any sort of spoilers, skip to the end. (laughs) Sorry, we gotta talk about the spoilers. Yeah, this season is very short, too. Well, not short, but easy to get through. Pretty sure I binged Mm -hmm. this in one evening. So it's not too much of a time commitment to just watch if you're interested. So there's only 10 episodes in this season. I'm pretty sure there's only 10 in the other two as well. And they're not very long. I think they are, what, like less than 20 minutes? 15 to 23 minutes. Yeah, so they're pretty short. It took me about two days to watch the entire season. I know you watched it all in one evening. (laughs) Well, you think like the longest episode is 20 minutes times five or times 10 is, you know, 200 minutes, which is uh, a little over three hours. (laughs) So maybe I was glued to the screen for over three hours. (laughs) Whatever. I broke for (laughs) ICs. So this season came out on August 27th, and it is a Netflix exclusive property. All the characters are owned by Sanrio. I was kind of hoping that we would have some cameos from other Sanrio characters, even like in the background, but I haven't really noticed that. No, not at all. And I just feel like Sanrio is probably trying to distance those characters from this franchise. I mean, this franchise is pretty adult. Yes, it is definitely an adult-centered thing. Whereas, you know, other Sanrio products are for kids. (laughs) For the most part. There's a child in all of us, I say, as I have a ton of Sanrio merchandise in my room. (laughs) Too true. Too true. I'm going to read y'all the summary for season three, and you can decide, Rachel, if it's accurate or not, okay? Okay. It follows Retsuko as her life becomes intertwined with the OTM girls, an idol band comprised of Hidaren, Makina, and Megi, and their manager, Hiodo. With her financial situation deteriorating through an addiction to a virtual reality game, Retsuko is unable to pay for a car accident of her own doing with the manager. They settle on a deal, and she becomes the accountant for this idol group that he manages. Meanwhile, Haida and Fenneko become aware that Retsuko is hiding something from them, and Gori starts up her own marriage counseling app with investment from Tonato. Marriage counseling app? <laughs> That's what this fucking thing said. Okay, moving past that. The summary that you just gave, I would say, is pretty accurate, but I feel like it is spoilery in some aspects and leaves a lot out. 
Like, if I was writing the summary, I probably would have left out the detail about OTM girls. It was from a wiki. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I would say, a spoiler. I don't think they really get fully introduced until, like, the third episode or so. Why don't we just start at the beginning and just talk our way through the season? So... First episode, Retsuko is playing a a Tome dating sim virtual reality game, which I was like, damn, this is like the next level in like virtual boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) I've never played a VR game, but I have played a lot of Atome games and they're very fun. They're visual novels where you get to date different characters and go down different story paths, basically. I cannot imagine (laughs) doing that, but also seeing the pretty sparkly boy right in front of you and then him demanding that you do a microtransaction to get him like some new outfits (laughs) oh yeah this guy's a unicorn we demand a (laughs) microtransaction if you loved me you would microtransact if you loved me you would buy me this snack for a small microtransaction of a dollar (laughs) so she ends up getting addicted to this game and she spends way too much money she doesn't have enough in her savings and she knows that it's bad and she's like i'm not gonna do this anymore and she totally does so where she's coming from is that she's lonely and i totally get that and otome games definitely make you feel warm and fuzzy inside without the scary commitment of actually being known by another person (laughs) (laughs) too true yes And I understand the feeling of, like, getting really wrapped up in something and caught up in something. And in your haste to escape reality, you may do reckless things, like, spend more of your savings than you really should. So, that's pretty much episode one. That sets up the whole entire season, is that Retsuko is a broke bitch. (laughs) She in debt. (laughs) Which is another hashtag relatable thing. So, moving forward to episode two... Retsuko has her savings kind of drained. Her mom is like, hey, we should do a spa day together. You know, take a break. And she's like, fuck yes, finally. And basically goes and her mom, you know, pays for the spa and gives her spending money and whatever. And she had to rent a car to do this because people that live in the city like Retsuko probably don't have a car in Japan. So she needed to rent one to drive her mom to the spa. On her way back, she inadvertently backs into a parked car. <laughs> the scene was just so, I, I like, couldn't look away. She, like, mm-hmm. had the car still in reverse and, like, gunned it. Ugh. But anyway, she backs into a car and she can't pay, basically, the repairs. Um, and the guy that gets out is, like, he's a big cat. We think a leopard. <laughs> and he gets out and he's very scary. He's definitely the opposite of the Cheeto. Chester the Cheeto. Cheeto Chester? What's his name? Chester the Cheetah. Chester the Cheetah. <laughs> Who is the mascot for Cheetos. Who is the mascot for Cheetos, yes. So he's definitely the opposite of that. <laughs> he's very intimidating. And she is like shaking the whole time. And my first thoughts about this cat was that he was like a mobster like underground something or other like that's just the vibe that the writers gave off he has a very deep intimidating voice and fun fact he's actually voiced by pro zd who you've probably seen on vine or youtube he's like the asian guy who makes the really funny short videos about like anime and video games you'll know him if you just google search the uh his name 
At the end of episode two, she tries to ask Gory for a loan, but ends up not being able to do it because Gory just bought a new apartment as a way to motivate herself to continue to make money at work. That's such a bad idea. (laughs) Put herself into debt buying this apartment. (laughs) So yeah, so she ends up being like, oh, I can't fucking ask her for money now. So what do I do? Um, Which brings us to episode three. So episode three, you are finally introduced to the OTM girls. They are an underground idol group with two guinea pigs and a chinchilla and they're very cute and... If you've never seen Japanese idols, it's kind of hard to describe. Think like very cutesy pop music where there's coordinated dancing. It's a lot like, you know, K-pop, but like on a smaller scale and more nerdy. (laughs) It's like the early days of K-pop. It's like Mm -hmm. early girl group bubblegum stuff. That's really what it sounds like to me. It's like orange caramel, but underground. So she becomes their accountant and is doing their books and is basically their do-bitch. The lead singer doesn't seem to like her. She's constantly sending her out to go get, like, drinks or a snack. And she's like, you got me the wrong snack. She's a very big diva. (laughs) Yes, she is definitely the diva of the group. And this episode, you're also introduced to the OTM Girls fanboys and... I think, honestly, they had the best arc in this entire show. Yeah. You start off being like, oh, God, I know these sweaty nerds. You know, they're like having glow sticks and they're like, yeah, ODM girls, we love you. I'm going to buy a million of your records just to make you smile. That's really pervasive with idol culture. Very, very devoted male fans for these idols. And you're like, oh, God. These chuckle fucks. But throughout the season, you see them supporting the OTM girls. And you're like, you know, that's great. I'm glad that they have supporters. And these guys are, like, nice to them. And they're not, like, weird or creepy. Because towards the end of the season, there is a total creeper. (laughs) And these boys are not that. And they eventually become part of the staff. Which I was like, wow. That's, like, living the dream. Speaking truth to power. Yeah, they totally are. They're they're probably one of my favorite groups of characters in this show uh, or for this season just because if you look back at first you're just like uh these guys but then if you really listen to what they're saying they're never like oh you're so sexy (laughs) they're never misogynistic or weird or creepy they're just excited (laughs) they're just like the music sounded so good we had so much fun like we love you guys and it's just wholesome I really like the owl. Yeah. (laughs) I love the owl so much. There's like an owl, a horse, and a donkey. And they're always wearing like OTM t-shirts. They have all of the OTM merch. Like all these freaking buttons and stuff. So anyways, let's let's circle back. (laughs) Sorry, I I went on a tangent. (laughs) You're good. No, those boys are wholesome. We needed to give them a shout out. So moving on to episode four. OTM girls turn a profit for the first time. Thanks to Retzko's business acumen. So before the manager of OTM girls really fucks up <laughs> with their money. Oh my god. He would buy like 300 buttons, like custom buttons, like it seemed like every other week with new designs. And he was just, you know, spending way too much money when their actual audience was like 50 people. So they were just never turning a profit. But once... 
Retzko finally got over the depression of being the do bitch and was like, you know what? I actually want to turn this into something fun. So she, you know, put some more labor into it, but she enjoyed doing it and they eventually turned a profit. In episode four, we also are reintroduced to Haida, who is the hyena co-worker of Retzko, who has a motorcycle and plays the bass, and he has had a crush on Retzko for the entire show. And at this point, he's like, maybe kind of trying to get over her. And he meets this girl, Inui, who works in the admin department for their company. She's like a cocker spaniel, and her name is literally like dog. <laughs> really? I hope I said that right. Yeah, Inu is a dog. She's like doggy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I definitely didn't catch that. But anyways, she's trying to get it in with Haida. And Haida's like, I don't know, maybe. And the thing is about this character, like, as the audience, you want Haida to get with Retzko. Because we've been watching this, you know, try to happen for three seasons. But... If you look at it from an objective point of view, like, this character, Inui, is a a great person. She's super nice. She's into Haida. In a perfect world, she would be his girlfriend. And yet, that's, like, the main thing for him is, is he over Retzko? Can he date other people? Or is he just going to go balls to the wall and be like, Retzko, I love you. Yeah, he kind of dances that line for most of the season, so... Just prepare yourself for that. So that's episode four. Episode five, Retzko gets caught singing at her karaoke place because she's really fed up with everything and she just needs to scream it out. But uh, Hyodo, the manager of OTM Girls, ends up finding out that it's her and he's like, "Uh, you should become the main vocalist. (laughs) And demotes Monica, who is the lead singer of OTM Girls in the process. That causes some tension. (laughs) He's basically like, we're going to Lincoln Park this shit. You'll do vocals, Monica, and you'll do the screaming. (laughs) Yeah, and actually, it becomes really popular. So in episode six, the group's popularity soars because a blogger who turns out to be the company boss's henchman who's like up his ass all the time writes a favorable review about this concert. We haven't seen this guy in a while. He hasn't really done anything since season one. And I was like, that bitch. That annoying little bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, he's really into idols, which, hey, cool. Good for you for having a hobby (laughs) outside of work. And his his blog is like the taste-making blog of idol groups. (laughs) I know. So they get really popular really fast and they get invited to sing in Hokkaido. Now, Gori and Haida don't know what's going on at all with Retzko, but suspect something is up. So Haida actually tails her to Hokkaido, like on an airplane, because they think she's being kidnapped. It's crazy. Yeah. And Gori's like, no, don't spend the money on a, on the, <laughs> on a day of flight. And I really felt that in my soul. <laughs> she's like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I really feel everyone being broke this season (laughs) yes oh my god the pandemic has not been kind to us or the american people (laughs) yeah so he takes a flight there and he discovers that she's in an idol group and he's pretty bummed that she just like didn't tell him that like how would you feel rachel if you found out that like 
I just happened to be in a band and I never fucking said anything to you about it. I would be fucking pissed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would be surprised. <laughs> and I would be like, why didn't you ever tell me so I could listen and support you guys? <laughs> He's hurt. He's really hurt that Retzko keeps pushing him away when he thought that they were friends. And he's like, wow, we might not be as close of friends as I thought we were. And to not go on to too much of a tangent here, that just brings up something I remember reading in the past, which was like, when you crush on someone, you're unfairly putting them on a pedestal. And I feel like that is exactly what Haida has been doing. And he's been like, I know everything about her. She's perfect. She's this, this, and this, and this, and this. And I love her. But he doesn't actually know who Retsko is because they don't hang out outside of work. So how could he possibly know everything that she likes and dislikes and how she reacts and doesn't react to things. I feel like he was gaining some clarity on that subject, starting in Hokkaido, for sure. That's clarity, love. <laughs> it really wakes him up. This kind of pushes him to see Inui. It, in fact, in the next episode, there's a lot of back and forth between Haida and Inui. Like, their relationship seems to be progressing. And at the same time, Retsuko and the OTM girls receive an offer to perform at a rock festival because of how popular they're becoming. They're basically baby metal. Yeah, they're basically baby metal. So Hyodo decides to rebrand the idol group into a band and he demands that all the members learn how to actually play instruments. <laughs> that is so crazy. That would never work. I know, right? What I thought should have happened he should have just paid some band to be the backing band like baby metal does like they can dance in front of the people playing the instruments exactly but no he wants them to learn the instruments because he thinks it'd be cool so he basically demands that they have to do that so they start learning how to play stuff <laughs> you know his character seems very cool and put together but he is very fly by the seat of his pants, irrational person, I think. Yeah, Hyodo has a job outside of being the OTM girls manager, but he never lets the girls know exactly what that is. But he's a salary man of some sort. The show makes you think that he's in the Yakuza, but he's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're pretty sure he's like a paper pusher somewhere. No, he he's a window washer. Oh, right, right, right. He's just like a blue collar worker, but he walks around in suits and seems like he's in the Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, definitely acts that way. Moving on to episode eight, Monica's devotion to instrumental mastery inspires the others to step up because Retsko is just like, my fingers can't reach. This is too hard. I can't do it. And Monica's like, fuck you. I'm doing it. So you got to do it too. So <laughs> I love that for her. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> so basically Retsko's like, Man, I just really need someone to teach me and to help me. And then she remembers that Haida plays an instrument. <laughs> because Haida plays bass and Retsuko's trying to learn how to play guitar. So he basically gently corrects her over text, but then invites her to come over to teach her. However, he has already agreed to invite Inui over on the same day. So he's having a little bit of a panic attack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and we've forgotten to discuss one important thing about Haida, is that he is now friends with Retsuko's ex. Oh, yeah. Who is a super rich, like, uh, startup company person who has a private plane who flew him around places. Like, he flew him to Hokkaido just to have noodles with him. 
they met up with each other in Hokkaido when Haida flew out there to see if Retsuko was being kidnapped. And they basically like locked eyes at the noodle place. And they were like, hey, I know you. And then they became friends. So that was that was nice, too. Yeah. They're like, we both got rejected by the same girl. (laughs) So yeah, I like that they became friends and like Haida basically vents to him and he's like, what should I do? And the guy is like, I don't know, bro. That's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Bro, that's (laughs) That's tough. That's tough, bro. (laughs) So in episode nine, Inui opens up to Haida about her feelings, but he is unable to respond. Basically, what happens is that Retsuko comes over earlier in the day for Haida to teach her how to play guitar. And then he kind of like rushes her out, cleans his apartment again. And then Inui is walking up as Retsuko is walking out. And she's like, huh. And then Hmm. Inui enters the apartment and sees that Retsuko has left her handkerchief in the bathroom. At which point she decides to leave the food that she brought and just leave entirely. Even though Haida is, like, asking her to stay, she's like, nope. So then the next episode, she is basically like, I like you. And he's like, ugh, and fucks up and doesn't respond. Um, yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to being, like, frozen and being like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I, I don't know what to say, so you don't say anything. And that is 10,000 times worse. Yeah, so basically Inui and Haida are not a thing at the end of the season, so... She gives him the cold shoulder. She's not rude about it, but... Also in this episode, Retsuko's boss at her company, Director Tone, figures out that she's in this... doing this side gig, and he basically lectures her about it, but then ends up going to the concert... With his daughters who are obsessed with OTM girls, so. I love his daughters so much. They're they're voiced by the same person who voices Tone. Yep. Also, that guy voices um, Roadhog from Overwatch. Oh, nice. Who's also like a pig man. <laughs> so, he has the market cornered on pig man. But yeah, he voices his twin daughters. And they're like, God, dad, you're so old and stupid. How do you not know OTM girls? Oh my God, they're like the best. Yeah. And he's forced to go to their concert. They're so awesome. Like, just twin pig girls <laughs> living it up. And Retsko kind of, like, mic drops him, too. She's like, if there comes a point between choosing them and this job, I'm choosing them. And uh, I fucking feel that. For sure. I think that was a powerful moment for her, too. So at the end of the season, the last episode, a lot happens. Oh my god. There's been kind of threads building up that we haven't talked about yet, so we'll talk about them now. But episode 10 basically involves Retsuko and a deranged fan. And also Haida choosing Retsuko over Inui, finally. Okay, so let's talk about the deranged fan first. So throughout the episodes, you kind of notice this dude in like a jacket with a face mask on in the crowd and the patch on his arm is always like being focused on it's an otm girls patch and you see him a couple times and you're like that guy's kind of creepy also when retsuko 
becomes part of the team, she's like, you know, there's like a Twitter account pretending to be you guys. So there's an unofficial Twitter account out there and they start an official one. But this fan runs the unofficial one. And he starts taking pictures of Retzko just like out and about in the city. And there's like an edge of threatening about them. Like, this is your apartment building. This is where you work. <sighs> it's It gets really creepy. So basically things come to a head at a meetup that they have, the OTM girls. And this guy in the, he's a tall guy too. A tall guy and a- He's a llama. He's a llama. (laughs) Thank you. I was like, what animal is he again? So he's a llama and he's very tall and he's wearing this jacket and the patch and you finally get to see his, you know, face full front. It's very creepy. They basically arranged this thing where you had to like buy a certain amount of CDs and like every little slip of paper that was in the CDs was a certain amount of like time that you could spend talking to the idol and he collected enough to- It's a handshake ticket. But he collects enough so that he basically can shake Retzko's hand for five minutes and he spends the entire five minutes berating her, like saying really nasty shit. And her fanmates are just like watching in horror. Hyodo is watching in horror as all this is happening, but they don't really know what to do, I guess, because no one interrupts him. Yeah, which I thought, one, uh, if you're an idol group, you need security (laughs) to prevent stuff like this from happening. Actual security. They did have their three fanboys as security. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, they wouldn't be able to like fight off this dude, so... The three fanboys are like, everyone get in line. And they have staff shirts on, which I thought I was like, wow, yes. Speaking truth to power, being where you want to be. <laughs> so I, I thought that was cute. And it just gets to a point where I was feeling very uneasy watching the episode. And usually Retzko, it's like, you feel very emotional about this show, but or it's like comedy or it's cute. But like, there was a point where I was just like, fuck, like, is something really bad gonna happen. I can, like, feel that something is going to happen, and it totally did, and it really shocked me. Yeah, I was, um, I was not really sure what was happening at first. Basically, all this stuff comes to a head because he does know where she lives, and obviously she's upset him by her mere presence. He hates that she changed the musical direction of OTM Girls. He liked the band before she joined, and he blames her for changing it. Rightfully so, Hyodo and everybody is very concerned for her safety, and they make, you know, great strides to make sure that she's safe, except for her leaving work. Yeah, and the manager and the fanboys actually do some detective work and figure out who this dude is, or at least what kind of person he was based on the patch, because the patch was like a very rare patch that they made when OTM Girls first started. So he's one of their first fans, and the fanboys figured that out. And so they're like, he must be mad about the changing direction of the band. But even when they figure all this stuff out, it's still too late, because when Retzko leaves work, This creepy guy is there, and he attacks her on the street with a box cutter. Luckily, Haida is there. He catches this guy and prevents him from stabbing Retzko. And I think he ends up getting his hand cut in the process. But Retzko basically passes out, I'm pretty sure, from, like, knocking her head on the pavement. And Haida has his hand cut. Thankfully, Inui is also there, so she comes and gives first aid to Haida. 
and the guy gets taken away. But, like, at first, in, in the assault scene, like, I almost thought he was, like, about to sexually assault her. And I was just like, are we gonna see this on this fucking animated show? Like, I don't want to see that. I don't even want to hear that on this show. The physical assault was bad enough. <laughs> so just know that going into that. Trigger warning all the fucking way around for episode 10. Do not watch it if that really triggers you. Just take it from us. That's what happens. This crazy fan is apprehended by the police. And Retzko ends up taking a leave of absence from her job and from OTM girls. And she's kind of living at her mom's house, agoraphobic, depressed, and no one really knows how to help her. And her friends are like, what do we do? And Haida, he's lost. You know, he's really scared. He doesn't want Retzko to leave her job permanently. And so while he's talking to Gory, he ends up being in the matchmaking app that Gory made. And Retzko is also in the matchmaking app as a beta tester, and they end up as a 100% perfect match. And that kind of gives him the confidence and push to go get her and be like, I have statistics to back it up. <laughs> he literally like kicks down her door and is like, we're the perfect match. <laughs> goes to her mom's house. The mom is like, hello? And he's like, where is Retzko? And she's like, um, and she tries to shut the door and he puts his foot in and she's like, who are you? And he like shows her the phone, the perfect match. And of course her mom wants her to get married and have grandkids more than anything. So she's like, oh my God, thank you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Which I thought was really funny. And um, he basically goes to Retzko and he talks to her and then he takes her to karaoke and yells at her. And she yells at him too. She isn't just sitting there like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she yells at him too. And they honestly have a fight that they should have had <laughs> long ago. I just thought it was funny because it parallels. Because in the first season, the guy she's dating, she brings him to karaoke and yells at him and breaks up with him. Second season, she takes the guy that she's dating to karaoke and she yells at him and breaks up with him. Third season, Haida takes her to karaoke and they yell at each other. That's kind of how the season ends. They are not officially in a relationship, I don't think, at the end of the episode. And you actually find out that Retzko's ex, (laughs) that is friends with Haida, actually altered Gory's code so that they would be a perfect match. So it is not supported by the algorithm. (laughs) But, you know, it gave him the confidence to actually fucking do something. Exactly. And I'm sure that Retzko's ex was just like, tired of hearing this guy bitch about Retzko. <laughs> so here's your push, dude. Yeah. Um, at the very, very end of the episode, we're at the concert. Retzko is doing her last performance with OTM Girls. OTM Girls will continue on in the idol world, but she's retiring. And she's having a good time. They're playing their instruments on stage. Everyone's having a good time at the concert. Um, It's really sweet. And she's like, I'm going to go back to my life as an accountant. (laughs) But with the understanding that her and Haida may be a thing. This fucking show is so vague about her and Haida all the time. I hate it. (laughs) I was just like kind of scanning this Wikipedia article and it was literally like the AV club criticized season one's romantic subplot calling the subplot aggressively lousy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I kind of have to agree with that. I just want them to get together. Is it too much to ask for two people to kiss? I really, 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 really hope there's a season four. I would like to see what Gory's app and her new job is like. I'd also like to see, like, 
more of Fenico, more of the other people in the periphery, like what they're doing. And I feel like one more season could really wrap up everything in a nice little bow. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I can understand that they were coming from a viewpoint of this may not be renewed, so we should tie up as much as we can. Totally get that. I think that's how they ended season three. Like, I think that's why a lot of stuff happened in episode 10. But yeah, I would love another season where we could flesh out more of the characters because Retzko is very fleshed out. Yes. Haida's a little bit more fleshed out at this point, but- Fenneko! (laughs) We want more Fenneko! Yeah. In the effort of not making this podcast super long, Emily, (laughs) let me ask you a question. Yeah. What was your favorite and least favorite thing about this season of Agretzko? My favorite thing was the OTM girls and like the idol stuff. You can listen to the OTM girls songs on Spotify, by the way. (laughs) They have three songs in English and in Japanese. You know, we like K-pop. So I was like, yeah, this sounds fun. (laughs) I'm into, you know, idol stuff. So that's what I liked. And I I really honestly did like the fanboys. And my least favorite thing probably was the non-resolution of the relationship between Haida and Retsuko. I would just like to know. Yeah, I would say my favorite part of this season was the character Monica. Mm Mm-hmm. She actually had a pretty good character development throughout the season. And at first, you really do not like Monica. But then with her character development, she ended up becoming one of my favorite characters in this entire show. So (laughs) I really enjoyed that. And I think the thing I disliked the most was the Haida Inui thing. Just because I feel like it didn't really teach him anything. And it didn't really push him anymore towards Retsuko. And Inui ended up being kind of a throwaway character and honestly looked a little pathetic when she was like tending to hide his wounds and being like, basically like, I still love you and all this stuff. So, or it it coming off that way. I don't think she said that, but it was just like, I love you and I just want you to be happy or whatever. Yeah, I feel like that could have been Fenico. I don't know. I just didn't like the addition of this character just to like use her for a male character's development and then throw her away. So that was probably my least favorite part of the season. Yeah, you know, she should hook up with someone in season four. On a scale from one to five, what would you rate the plot? Four. I'm gonna give it a three. On a scale from one to five, how would you rate the acting? Also a four. I give it a four. The voice actors do a really good job. On a scale from one to five, everything else, how did you like the music? How did you like the animation? Five. Yeah, five. It it has such a cute style. Yes, and the music was so good. Like, we really like baby metal, so we're kind of biased. But I know, we're so the biased. <laughs> OTM girls with, like, the metal and the screaming, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> so check it out. It's on Netflix. Petition Netflix for season four. Okay, let's wrap this up with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Pantomime by WJSN. My weekly recommendation is Not That Type by Gugudan. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can check us out on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Watch some of our videos, our travel videos, reminisce on YouTube at soulmatespodcast. Remember leaving the city. (laughs) 
You guys can find Soulmates Podcasts wherever podcasts are found. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. We are there. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you follow and subscribe so you can listen to us every Friday. We'll hit you guys next Friday with a mini-sode. What could it be on? We don't know. We record them the week of. (laughs) We're doing it by the seat of our pants. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.